Hello and welcome back to Foss & Company's Tax Credits Today. I am your host, Allison Berry, and today I'm joined by our very own Matt Lauer. Matt is vice president of our carbon capture and storage team. He is responsible for the identification and development of new carbon capture, utilization, and sequestration opportunities. Thanks for joining me today, Matt. Thanks, Allison. Happy to be here. Let's get started with the basics here. What exactly is carbon capture, utilization, and sequestration? Sure. Generally, this is the process of capturing carbon oxide, either carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide that would otherwise be emitted into the atmosphere and then storing that captured carbon oxide in some fashion that would prevent it from ever reaching the atmosphere. And who produces CO2? So just about every combustion process creates carbon dioxide and many non-combustion processes also create carbon dioxide. Examples are the production of, uh, of, of coal or natural gas power plants, industrial processes such as chemical manufacturing, and ethanol refining are just a few of them. How is carbon dioxide captured? It depends on the source. In some instances, it's relatively easy to capture and just requires minimal equipment. In other instances, advanced chemical processes are involved to separate the carbon dioxide from other particulates. How does capturing carbon dioxide benefit the environment? Generally, carbon dioxide is considered a greenhouse gas. So by removing or preventing that greenhouse gas from entering the atmosphere, we consider it a critical step in the fight against cl climate change. And what are the key elements to a carbon capture utilization and sequestration project? Primarily, there's four key elements. The first is you need a CO2 source. Uh, I mentioned a few examples before. The second is you need to be able to capture that carbon dioxide. And like I said, there's in some instances, it's fairly easy to capture and others it's not. The third is you have to then either transport or pipeline that captured CO2 to a suitable sequestration site. Uh, and that is the actual fourth element is, is having a good uh, storage site or other utilization means uh, that would ultimately prevent that carbon dioxide from reaching the atmosphere. And is carbon capture new? No, not really, actually. It's, it's been around for, for quite a while. Uh, the technology itself has been uh, used for decades. Uh, it recently came into focus with recent legislative enhancements to the tax credit. So let's get into the financial side of CCUS. What is the 45Q tax credit and why is it called 45Q? The 45Q tax credit is the tax credit available for entities engaged in carbon capture utilization and sequestration. The credit is generated for each metric ton of carbon dioxide that is captured and sequestered. It is called 45Q because that refers to the tax code section that the credit is included in. And how much is this tax credit worth? Currently, the tax credit is $85 per metric ton of CO2 sequestered via geological storage and $60 per metric ton of CO2 that is sequestered in other ways, such as enhanced oil recovery or EOR. How do you qualify? The IRS has issued guidance on which projects qualify for the 45Q tax credit. These include minimum volumes ownership and, and ownership restrictions, uh, just to name a few. How long is this tax credit valid for? The tax credit is eligible for 12 years once the sequestration or utilization begins. And how is value received from the 45Q tax credit? Sure. With the recent passing of the IRA, there are three primary ways to receive value from the 45Q tax credit. The first is a traditional tax equity structure where you create a special partnership for the purposes of investing in projects which generate tax credits. 
The second is a concept called direct pay, where developers of tax credit projects can claim those credits as a refund on their tax returns, get paid via a refund of those taxes. The third is a relatively new concept called transferability. This and this is where developers of tax credit projects can simply sell the tax credits for cash to entities looking to use them. Okay. On this podcast, we have discussed other tax credit programs such as historic preservation, solar, low-income housing, and more. How is the 45Q tax credit different than other tax credits such as solar and wind? Sure. All tax credits have some traits that are commonly shared. However, if we focus on just the differences and similarities between the solar ITC and the carbon capture credit, there is some overlap, but there's also some material differences. To start with the similarities first, the IRS requires in both instances for the solar ITC and the 45Q tax credit that the 20% of the capital be contributed prior to the project being placed in service if using a tax equity structure. Second, both the ITC and the 45Q tax credit can be rolled back three years and rolled forward 20 years. And lastly, both qualify for transferable credits but only 45Q gets five years of direct pay as an option to the developers. From a differences standpoint, the ITC is earned upfront in year one, whereas the 45Q tax credit is earned over 12 years. Additionally, the ITC has a five-year recapture period, whereas 45Q has a three-year recapture period. The ITC is sized based on the cost of the project, whereas 45Q is sized based on the volume of carbon oxide that is sequestered over time. And lastly, a change in ownership during the investment period could trigger recapture for ITC, but it is allowed for 45Q, so you could presumably sell your interest partway through an investment. Can you use the 45Q tax credit in other years? Yes, the 45Q tax credit can be carried forward 20 years and back three years. What are some of the benefits of the 45Q tax credit? Yeah, there's actually quite a few benefits to the 45Q tax credit. The first is that it's viewed as a relatively uh, ESG-friendly activity. Uh, the the nature of removing or preventing carbon dioxide uh, from entering the atmosphere aligns very much up, uh, aligns very well with many corporations' uh, stated net zero goals and or uh, general decarbonization programs. Additionally. The 45Q tax credit is a multi-year tax credit, so you could underwrite or invest in one project and receive multi-year benefit from that. Lastly, the 45Q tax credits are typically large in size and total over 12 years, so this allows for efficient tax planning on behalf of tax equity investors to make a singular investment that will provide many years of, of, of efficient tax planning. Are there any disadvantages? Yeah, there are a few. Um, Primarily, these revolve around, one, uh, the industry risks associated with the uh, production of CO2, i.e., where where is the CO2 coming from? Is it coming from a power plant or is it coming from some other uh, industrial process? And then the other is the leakage of CO2 over time. Uh, This can create uh, an economic liability, but also it can trigger a tax credit recapture event. So when it comes to 45Q, is there a safe harbor for tax equity investors? Yes. Unlike the solar ITC, the 45Q tax credit has safe harbor guidelines issued for tax equity investments. Are there preferred tax equity structures for this tax credit? The partnership flip was a structure specifically identified by the safe harbor as an acceptable structure. This would be a structure whereby the tax equity investor has a 99% interest in a partnership that was created to facilitate the flow of credits and other tax benefits. 
How are these tax equity investments typically made and structured? The investments typically involve three components. The first is an upfront, which is a 20% minimum of the investment. The second is fixed payments, which total 50% of the total investment, including the upfront. And then lastly, contingent or pay-go. In addition, the tax equity investor can contribute funds for operating expenses. How many tax credits are generated during a typical 45Q project? It really depends on the size. A project that captures and sequesters 200,000 metric tons of CO2 per year would generate around $17 million in credits uh, annually, while a 1 million metric ton per year project would generate about $85 million in tax credits per year, assuming the $85 tax credit rate. Is there a risk for recapture? I know we touched on it a little bit before, but if there is a risk of recapture, what are the potential risks and how do you mitigate them? Yes, recapture is a risk. However, using proven service providers and subsurface experts help with minimizing the risk of leakage. They will also ensure that the sequestration plan for keeping the CO2 underground is sound and performing as intended. Lastly, there are insurance products that exist to help ensure against uh, recapture triggering events. So if tax equity investors are interested in getting involved in CCS through the 45Q tax credit, what attributes should they look for in potential projects? Yeah, there's a few of them, uh, but to name a couple of them, uh, the first, the source of the carbon dioxide uh, is important, and that really lends towards the longevity of the underlying host and the certainty of volumes over over a period of time. Uh, the next would be transportation considerations. Uh, for example, do they need to pipeline the CO2 to a sequestration site that may be located far away or across far, state lines? Um, you know, again, the minimum volumes uh, that are expected to be generated over that period of time uh, weigh in. Uh, who are the service providers and subsurface experts uh, doing the sequestration? And and to that end, how are how strong is the uh, sequestration or storage plans? Well, this certainly seems like a rapidly growing area of interest for many people. As we wrap up here, is there anything else you would like the audience to know about carbon capture or the 45Q tax credit? Just that the recent and passing of the IRA has uh, opened up the floodgates, in my opinion, as far as uh, new projects that are possibly going to be coming online. Uh, primarily, we see that in in two different forms. One, uh, in 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 terms of different size. Uh, of projects. Previously, there was a 100,000 ton minimum uh, that was required of carbon dioxide to be captured in order to qualify for the tax credit. And with the IRA, those minimum volume thresholds have been significantly reduced. Uh, so I see, I, I foresee that we'll have quite a few uh, new opportunities coming in the pipeline uh, that are uh, potentially smaller in size, uh, but then also uh, diversified CO2 sources. Um, you know, with the credit enhancement going from uh, 50 to 85 or 35 to $60 uh, per metric ton. The universe of potential carbon captures and sequestration opportunities uh, has been expanded to uh, potentially be involved in processes that uh, didn't normally have uh, economic viability under the old tax credit amounts. And so, uh, for example, I think we'll start to see other sources of CO2, uh, maybe less pure streams of, uh, of CO2 start to get unlocked, such as coal and natural gas fire power plants, uh, things of that nature. Great. Well, thanks again for joining me on the podcast today, Matt. Very welcome. It's my pleasure. 
That's it for today. I am your host, Allison Berry. Uh, This is Foss & Company's Tax Credits Today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn. 